Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 12, Episode 9. I am ASD. I'm Chris. And I'm Giles. And uh, I'm really sorry that we didn't pod last week. It was just a, a beautiful mishmash of Giles being ill, Chris being in the States, Jack being away for uh, Carol. <laughs> his missus, his name is, um, it's not Carol. It's another name that begins with C. But my um, my daughter called her Carol <laughs> the whole time she was here. <laughs> so, so we called her Carol. It was Carol's birthday. So we we, we didn't, uh, we couldn't last week. We had a great episode. Despite the, the result last week, we had a great episode lined up. It was one of those ones where the ones where we have the least to talk about or try and avoid the situation are the ones that come up with the most interesting topics. But we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we beat Brighton. Uh, one nil away. Now, Brighton haven't lost at home for the uh, in seven months since we beat them uh, back in March. So pretty good result, but it didn't feel like that at, at the time. Giles, what do you think? It didn't feel like a good result. There was a lot of people uh, moaning about it. Uh, yeah, the thing is, there's a lot of people moaning just across the board anyway, and I and I think it's partly due to obviously it's not the football we necessarily are used to or or perhaps want or dream about but we've had good results and we've been playing effective football and I think there's been so much pent-up frustration that hasn't had a valve to just explode and I think losing against Arsenal just allowed all this stuff that maybe was simmering for a long time to come out and and yesterday I mean I think we beat one of the most informed teams in the league yesterday at their place Brighton are a proper proper football team and they're really good they're really good I mean they held Liverpool they stuck four past United but Everton have just stuck one past them now so it's not necessarily a gauge but I think the result was fantastic I think beating Brighton coming away from three points is fantastic and I I mean look I think there's a well I'm sure we'll talk about um Giampiero Ventroni but I, I think that I think imagine that right Imagine having to go and do your job, particularly when it's a job that's in such a public domain, when you've just, you know, when you've experienced the loss of somebody you've worked with for the last 10 months from the player's perspective and most of your career from Antonio Conte's perspective. It was his, I never realised it was his first coach at Juventus and the first coach he went, who, who helped him as a player. And when he got his first coaching job, the first person he went to was Giampiero. Now, imagine what that feels like. And by all accounts, it was a very short illness. He wasn't feeling very well, you know, one game. So he'd asked for, you know, had a temperature. So he asked for some time off, went to Italy, came back, told them he was ill and died two days later. Mm. Right. And that's a lot. And then you've got Conte having to go into the training ground on Thursday to tell the players that, that you know, that, some, that their colleague had, was just gone. And so they didn't do any training on Thursday because they couldn't. And, you know, look, we all know what grief is like. You can't you can't know what the be- you know, the best way of grieving is how it feels for that person to grieve. So for some people, they'll want to just go, no, no, I want to just carry on like immediately. And others yeah. will need to take time and all of those other things. But obviously with football, we can't stop. You know, imagine making an application to the Premier League to say, I'm sorry, we're grieving. Can we like postpone the game on 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 Saturday? It was never going to happen. But for, for that reason, I knew we weren't going to lose. There was no way those players were going to lose that game on on Saturday. And actually, we were pitch perfect in defence. 
You could see nothing was going to get past. Between the three of them, between Dyer, Davies and Romero, I thought they were incredible. And actually, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about putting three in midfield, but I think Hoybier and Bentancur were much, you know, had much more um, freedom to work given mm. the Basuma was in there kind of shielding them. And it was Hoybier's pass that, that released Sonny for, for Kane's goal. And actually there could have been more, you know, so I think exactly what Giles just said, and what, you know, what you said, ASD, like Brighton have been incredible, but like that game was always going to be won. Always. Because it wouldn't have been any other way. And I'll tell you what, I sat down to watch it and I was actually crying myself um, watching Antonio Conte when they did the, the moment of applause with his... Mm. His face on the screen. It was, I mean, it was the anniversary of Monica's death on Friday. So it's a weird kind of time for me this time of year anyway. So then watching him before the game, like, and he's an emotional man anyway, right? And so he's an emotional man anyway. And I, I quite, and I liked what, I, I thought it was important that he cried and it was important that Harry was so emotional afterwards because mm. people also, you know, that... I don't know, look, they're young men. How much loss have they experienced? And for some of them, it might be the first loss they've experienced. And being able to express that in some way and basically having your... I know that Harry's not the captain, but the talisman of the team, being able to express himself. And the manager... I mean, look, I know that Antonio Conte is like the world's most emotional man. So it's not surprising <laughs> that he was able to cry. But, you know, like I think that's just... It's really, really important. Um, mm. And just a quick one on the Arsenal game. I don't know if I sent you this, but... Um, on the 3rd of October, I saw a thing on social media saying six years ago, this match day, Conte's Chelsea conceded three versus Arsenal. They went then went on a 15 game winning streak and won the Premier League with 93 points. Now, I appreciate Manchester City and Erling Haaland were not in the same place as they are uh, as they are now then. But I also think that Conte knows how to win. And, you know, look, I don't. Yeah, maybe it's not the um, the football that we're used to, but it's also not George Graham and it's not AVB and we do have players that can do stuff. And if we really are as organised, as disciplined and we can like not concede goals and nick one or two, I'm all right with that. I think the important thing is that we don't, it doesn't happen to us what happens against Frankfurt. Mm. Yeah, lots to unpack there. The, yeah. the, the, the impact of the death is, it cannot be, uh underestimated right like i've been listening to a lot of the that peter crouch podcast on bbc sounds um which is great and what you realize from listening to that is there are players which we don't think about united just equalized um there's there's people who bind that team together that we don't really see kit man or woman physio fitness coach and so this is a this is a binding web a key piece of their their livelihoods has been taken away that impacts them like their bodies everything that they are as a person as a footballer as a human being and so having that just taken away in such horrific like what he died of was is is a horrific disease and and you can't not think about it you think back to even those players who say i'm i'm just going to not deal with it like you know we've all experienced death and we've all experienced it in different ways i tend to bottle things up and it it doesn't work like that it just comes out later in a worse way and you have a look remember when Lampard uh lost his mum then took that penalty it just broke him you have do you remember that that referee 
I think it was last year with Van Dyke. Was it? With, might be. Uh, do you remember who got told his dad had died just before the game? Like he he refed well and then broke down afterwards. And Van Dyke have to give him a big hug. I always remember when Gary Speed died and you had to look at Bellamy lining up for it just broke him and that was his international manager like there was a lot of them I just broke him and you just go like these are these are young men these are 23 24 even 29 year olds very younger than all three of us I think um and it the and they're playing they they're playing in a game with fine 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 margins against a team yeah. who've got excellent excellent form and a brand new coach who does not want to lose so the thing they'll go out to do is not to lose to a team that's in second or third or wherever we were yeah so it was a good result and we, we have to we're playing the results games at the moment i think it's a very clear vote from the board isn't it you have a look at the managers they're bringing in it is a very low block i hate this low block it's just a defensive team. It's a defensive yeah. team. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> it's just stupid. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, Buzzwords. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, playing a bit defensively and playing on the break. And it doesn't feel like we're making the most out of our front two, but still Kane second in the goal scoring tally. And Son obviously scored that amazing hat trick in the game before Arsenal, whipped in a stunning goal and he was marginally offside. So can't ask for more, really, apart from I mean, it's difficult because you've got that lot from up the roads going out and they just smashed Liverpool playing really well but we've got to just concentrate on our own actually let's talk about that you just asked the group a question Chris do you want to ask it now yeah sure so my question was would you rather um the that the goons win the league and we get a Champions League spot or both of us finish outside the top four yeah I thought and you said Sorry. I think I think you, I think you both uh, disagree with me because I just can't bear the thought of them winning the league. Because they've done it before. That's my only yeah. thing. But it's just another, another one in the column. But I, it's not good. Just getting the Champions League and then winning the league is not a fair thing. If it's, we win the Champions League and they win the league. I'm a, Chris I'm a, isn't a fair woman, ASD. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to make it easy, ASD, because that's a really easy answer. Of course we'd take the Champions League and they can win the league. Of course yeah. we would. Come on, ASD. Well, both of us finish. I'll just... Both of us finish. I'll take, I'll take Champions League. I'll take Champions League uh, top four. Because I think you have to. I think for us, it was so significant. Remember how significant it felt last year under Conte getting back in the Champions League? Like, for us to drop out again given how much work went into us getting in in the first place with Harry. I just I just think it means so much. And and you know what, if, if we worry too much about other teams, and I know it's the Goons, so it's slightly different and it's, you know, elevated emotions and everything, but you, you, can't, you can't sustain a normal life if you worry too much about the Cities, the Chelsea's, the Goons, everyone else, because they're just going to do what they're going to do. And I, for me, it's quite an easy decision. It's just, well, we need top four. Because for us to get in, whenever I talk about football, I've got this weird like golf par scoring system in my head. And I use it mostly when my mates piss me off and they say, oh, yeah, Poch never won anything. Because to my mind, him getting to the Champions League with the likes of, you know, Winks and Sissoko, all good players, but they're not the, that elite are they? Or that, at that level. Him getting to the final, to me, is a better achievement than Pep winning the league. Like it just is because he didn't spend a billion pounds. So I just think we need to get in the Champions League uh, finishing spots. So that's my answer. Can I ask you, though, when you think back to the Champions League, all the Champions League games we've played since the 10-11 season, how many of you enjoyed? 
because young boys at our place was great fun. I remember that game. Then the the, the Gareth Bale show the against, Gareth Bale against yeah. Inter. Both yeah. of them, yeah. to be fair. Glorious. AC Milan one 0 away, and at our place was yeah. amazing. Don't let's not talk about Real Madrid. And then you well, the Real Madrid, oh, no, Real Madrid are brilliant, and uh, Real Madrid at Wembley. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm Gordon. going. I'm going chronologically. Oh, when, okay. when they smashed us, when Adebayor scored against us, and then they came to our mm. place. I think Ronaldo scored. Then the next game, we Monaco, Cheska Moscow, Leverkusen. That was fairly dreadful, wasn't it? Then the next year we had Real Madrid three one at Wembley. Was one of my favourite times ever. Dortmund were great games, and then yeah. we got that Juventus game at our place. The th- the two two was so heartbreaking, wasn't it? Um, then we played the Inter Barca PSV. Like that Barca one one away was pretty good, and then we go into Dortmund City Ajax was great fun. All of those games. Yeah. But then 1920 was it Olympiakos, Bayern Munich, Red Star Belgrade, and then it was Leipzig. Like, the point is, even in the Europa League, we it's not much fun watching us in Europe. Like we don't have any games where we're just smashing teams. That Champions League, that um, when we got to the final, those three knockout games were cracking. But oh, even so, so far this game, this year, they haven't been that. But good. it's not about the fun though, is it? I think it's the point. No. I think the point that Giles was making is probably the thing is like, that's how you say you compete. That's how you get the players to join you, etc. is because you're playing at that elite level. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I hear you. I think you're, you know, I think you're probably right about us finishing Champions League, regardless of whether they win the league or not. But like emotionally, it feels like the wrong thing. And frankly, they're not going to win the league. So it was just a bit of a daft question off the back of that soft penalty. I was irritated by that soft penalty that they just got given. <laughs> yeah, um, that was really soft. Really soft. Uh, but I don't think they will win the league because they always drop off as well. Like they'll have yeah. a terrible run at some point. I also think about enjoying the Champions League games. I don't want this to sound too defeatist. But I, I enjoy the bits either side of the games. I enjoy waking up thinking, Christ, we're playing Real Madrid tonight. I, I, that is, that isn't, you can't really show that on your Optus stats, but that is exciting. Just the fact you're in the Champions League, the fact you've got these fixtures, the fact you might be entertaining one of them under the lights, whether it's Inter Milan or Munich or whoever, like that in itself has value to me. I would always want us to be in the Champions League. Like money, glamour. Like it, and just those nights under the lights. I just. Yeah, I mean, I think our business model as well. You're right. I think our business model actually needs us to be in the Champions League. Yeah. We're, we're, it's. To, I mean, you have a look at the the game to the NFL game at the stadium today. I mean, packed house. Minimum price was like 150 quid a ticket. It was a huge amount of mm. money. We're just we're a money making machine at the moment, and the and it's that sort of stuff that gets you into. You know, stuff like the the conf the super conference league, whatever that stupid thing was called, the super. <laughs> Best Friends League. Um, the European Super League. Yeah, that's the one. We shouldn't have been in there, really. <laughs> the Super Best Friend League. I prefer that <laughs> AFC, to be fair. I quite like the Super Best Friend League. <laughs> well, I, thinking, I watched the um, Ego documentary. Have you seen that on Netflix? Classic ne- Netflix yeah. thing where it could have been a third of the length. Uh, it re- it could have been a 20-minute documentary, but they spent about an hour in the middle going, and then my... One, uh, my agent talked to this person, then they talked to this person, and it was a big deal, like all of this sort of stuff. And it reminded me of, do you remember when we sold Bale and we didn't just get Bale, we got a special relationship with Real Madrid and we oh, thought we're going to get all the best Real Madrid youngsters. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Nothing happened. Um, bit of a, a line-up twist 
change in uh, for Brighton yesterday. We saw um, Basuma start. We saw a complete switch of the fullbacks. We saw was it five in midfield? Like we, it was a bit of a swap, wasn't it? And Sessegnon got man of the match again. He seems to be coming on to be the player that we wanted. Is that is that positive moves from uh, Conte? Is he just mixing things up a bit? What? Why did he do that? I mean, Doherty was back. They both, they both played pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I thought both wingbacks played well. I think it's good. I think it's positive because I think one of the criticism which you could fairly point at Conte over the years is, is his stubbornness. Now, that's clearly part of his success. But but everyone has been screaming for trying five in midfield. And it really, really showed. It just meant that Ben Tanker and Hoiberg, they just didn't look stretched. They had time to breathe. And I think you could put the best players in the middle of the park but outnumber them and they're going to struggle and I just think the way that we've set up hasn't always looked to be comfortable um, for the types of players we have and to me it was it was it was a good sign that he was prepared to try it and prepared to do it I don't know if it's anything to do with Decky's injury and maybe the idea of having one of those remaining three on the bench for rotation given the games that could have dictated it more so than the noise coming from the fans but regardless it was a it, it, it looked better it looked more comfortable and it was effective so I think my my assumption about Perisic not playing was because of the game on Wednesday yeah. you know he's 33 and actually we know how experienced he is in those kind of situations so you want him for those I think in terms of the five in midfield I don't think it's anything to do with what the fans are saying I think that's no. like Conte would never wouldn't even dream of that I think it's probably around um what sort of team Brighton are and actually being yeah. able to nullify them in that situation and stop them <clears> from you know like you know, I think the commentator at one point said, you know, Graham Potter was obsessed with every part. No, there never being a pass going astray. So if that's how they've been drilled and you've just got three of them in there, just like hunting the ball and like mm. stopping stuff from happening, then you stop them from playing. So, yeah. Um, do you remember, was it, we played, there was all those calls for, and Bele and Giovanni Lo Celso, but to start together by the fans because we thought that was going to be like them and Hoiberg was going to be like the strength and depth thing, um, and we were going to win. And then didn't Mourinho start them again in the Europa League together? Um, I've got it. L A S K. We played them away and we drew. We this is the team. So it was Sun up top by himself with Lucas and Bale. With Hoiberg and Don Beleno Celso, with four at the back, with Doherty, Davis, Tanganga, and Sanchez, and we drew through three against them. And he was just a bit like, "That's why we don't play those three together. And that's why you're not in the, uh, why you're you're not managing." Uh, we drew nil nil. Go on. I was, I was going to say about the fullbacks. I thought it was very interesting watching Doherty play, and I wonder what that was like because, of course, in his sort of um press conference in the week he basically said Doherty wasn't good enough yeah that was um which is why he's I guess he's like persevered with with Emerson because he doesn't rate the rest of them mm. um I think interesting for Jed Spence because he's been very clear that he doesn't think he's ready but you know hopefully he will be eventually did you see his sister's tweet yeah yeah, yeah. that was weird wasn't it didn't help anyone that no no and uh but, you know, I think he did all right. I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of his. He feels like, he feels like he should be in our team, like, circa 2004. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't feel like he should be one of our current players. But 
he did totally all right. Agree. He did all right. But I think Cess, you know, Cess is a player, and I Cess think he's going to continue to be a player. Yeah, he's a young man. Keeps on getting man of the match. I mean, every time he's played Salah, just keeps him in his pocket, doesn't he? Salah, the new um, Abuma Yang. As soon as he gets a new new uh, deal on loads of money, <laughs> just goes quiet, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, nil nil against Frankfurt. I mean, not the ideal result, but. It's away. Most of our games are at home now. Should batter them when they come to our place on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, and when I said Frankfurt earlier, I meant Sporting. Yeah. So just to clarify, I've realised I made a mistake. No, um, yeah, you'd hope that we could just at home just kind of do the business. Yeah. I and think then, we will. I'm sure we will. I've, the atmosphere looked intense, didn't it? I wish I'd been there for that game yeah. midweek. Did you see the um, Tifo at AC Milan over the weekend? Went around the whole stadium. It was it was pretty amazing. And then obviously we lost. What was it? Else. What did I say on it? Just like AC Milan. It was just pure branding. No product right. message. It, it was in work terms. Um, and then we lost. To it our said, four. "Would you rather Inter Milan won the league <laughs> and we finished top four? <laughs> um, and then we lost to Arsenal. Arsenal looked very good. Good luck to them. They're, they'll they'll fall back eventually. But you know, good luck. Well, to not, them. not good. Not good luck to them. Well, you know, <laughs> I just. Well, what could you do? I, I mean, can't form a life of hate. <laughs> just they are what they are. They know what they are. They'll 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 fall apart eventually. Just let them have their moment. <clears throat> no, I've been that. Are you? No. Uh, okay. Um, Absolutely not. No. Fine, whatever. Uh, we've got. <laughs> I just, I need. I've got so little energy at the moment. I just need to not. I need to be positive and just give you credit. Uh, what we were going to do last week was we were we were going to go through some questions and just not talk about the game at all. And uh, I asked you three questions. I'll, I'll ask two. The first one was um, that you were going to buy a house in the North London area, uh, but someone said you really love the house. But someone said, oh, that's cool. And I know you're a Spurs fan because this player used to have it. Now, which player would make you go, oh, that's cool? And which player would make you go, I'm not buying that house. I know the sort of stuff that would have gone down there. Past or present? Well, I've got, I've got, um, I would, the house that Delhi left, I actually know which house it is because it's on a plot of land that my friend's house used to be on. And it is incredible, the house. like, And it's got a big gate, so you can only, like, you see it as you drive up the road. And it yeah. looks amazing. So I'll definitely be up for that. Um, but in terms Despite, of the ones... Imagine I, the parties. And we've seen some I of the know. stuff that's been posted, yeah. like... Yeah, no, that's it's definitely a party house. It's definitely a deep a clean. Needed. Yeah, deep yeah. clean, that one. No um, UV lights. But in terms of the ones I wouldn't want, there were three <laughs> that sprung to mind, actually, ASD, when you asked this. The first one is I wouldn't want Sol Campbell's house because he'd renege on every deal. Hey, there it is. <laughs> the second one, I wouldn't want Alan Hutton's house oh. because it'd just be smashed up from, yep. like, when he came home from the pub. And the third one is I actually wouldn't want David Ginola's house because it would take too long to remove all the self-portraits. <laughs> what about Sandro oh. and his because he got soundproofing to keep the sound in didn't he because he was a party man do you remember that he, he had he, yeah. how does that make you feel good, good or bad or just is what it is I think as long as it looked nice because every time I tried to figure out soundproofing for my old office 
it was always like really horrible material. Mm. Um, but I guess when you're like a millionaire footballer, you can, it, you know, you can afford for it to, you know, to do it nicely. Yeah. What about current players? See, I, I don't think I don't think I'd want to live in Hoiberg's house because because really? I like I like I really like him, but I just think he just wouldn't give a shit about anything. Like if something really? broke, yeah, I think he'd make do. I reckon you could he would quite happily live in a little shed, and he would still play and he'd still work his nuts off and he'd have the same brilliant attitude. I don't think he's that bothered. I he's think got a young a family belly. though. He's got a young family though, so I kind of see it more as a I want to uh, live well, there because just... another house. <laughs> Fair. I think it's the complete opposite. I think he would have, have yeah. everything. So, it would look like an IKEA show home. It just everything would be so perfect and in control. That do you I don't think, think be... he'd do everything himself. Like, I don't think he'd call a plumber. I reckon he'd reckon he could do it, and he'd <laughs> no. just have a go at it, and he'd end up in all sorts of trouble. I think the complete electrics, the works. I reckon it would just be. No. I reckon. Mm. I love that. I love uh, that. If they said it was Hugo's house, I'd be like, great. That is the one. The one I want. Yeah, I, I thought Hugo's. The furnishing just, would be wonderful. I just think he would treat it with respect. Is there's a lot of love in that house? It's probably got a wine cellar. You know, all of this. I once met somebody who knew his gardener. I know. <laughs> so he's got a nice, he's got a nice garden by all accounts, but I apparently bet, yeah. he's a bit grumpy. I bet. Yeah. What about Fraser Forster? I bet he's had to have all the doors and everything yeah. enlarged. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be a pain, wouldn't it? He's not living in a cottage like a in. He's not <laughs> living in a cottage in Hertfordshire somewhere, is he? No. no. Romero, I bet he's just... friendly. Romero's just got no windows, you know, <laughs> just no plug sockets either. Just yeah. See now, just... Romero, what you just described for Hoybier, um, Giles yeah. is kind of more what I imagine yeah. from Romero. He's like, no, yeah, I'll 100%. do it. You yeah. know, like it's not working. I'm just going to rip the pipe out from underneath <laughs> the sink and yeah. figure out what's wrong with it. That's it. We <laughs> call the pipe a twat and move watch, on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> watch the first series of Dirty Sanchez. They're in a house in Rofe. And that's what I imagine it's like, just like a student house with Romero just just does not give one. OK, that that worked out well. Uh, the second one was if you had to make up the worst footballer ever made out of component parts of Spurs players, past or present, who would it, who would you do? Have you have you actually done this yet or have sliced? I haven't, but you started really well when you suggested it. So I think you should start with those. Well, I've then... done. I did one just now and I can't remember what I said. Oh, I said. Oh, I've actually redone what I said in the um in the thing. So I started oh, cool. off with Pav's hair, Pavlichenko. I think he's had the shittest hair. Well, bless him. It was not. It was just functional, wasn't it? I bet he did it himself. Yeah. Um, I've got Chorluka's turning circle. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. I've, I've got. Yeah. Go on. Chorluka's one, isn't he? Because <laughs> it was that. It, uh, I've got Friedel's pace because I was going to do Chorluka's pace, but I think Friedel was slower. Friedel. Uh, yeah. right foot. Yeah. Eric Lamella's left. Uh, Eric Lamella's right foot. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I had Bale's right foot, but he did score against Arsenal in one of the five twos yeah. in his right foot, didn't he? Yeah. I've got Endombele's fitness, Defoe's passing ability. I just we never saw it. Anderton's resilience to injury. Pinar's uh, <laughs> positivity. Gallas's loyalty. Bentley's yeah, nice. professionalism. Gomez's consistency. Ericsson's aggression. I went nice. a lot of mental stuff. I haven't got like yeah. heading. 
I've got no. I I, I went a bit rogue on mine because I've got Sol Campbell's morals. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. Gary Doherty's versatility. Do you remember him? He was Amazing. shit wherever you played him up front. Amazing. <laughs> I've got uh, Vlad Chirikez's liver. <laughs> I put I, the one before Bentley. Bentley's professionalism was Kirikez's professionalism because Amazing. of that video where he went home. Uh, <laughs> love that video. Pa- Paulinho's hype. Oh, bless him. Remember how excited we were about the Brazilian Lampard. Mate, Barcelona's Brazilian. Barcelona's yeah. Paulinho. That was mad, wasn't it? Yeah. I've wrote a few others down, but they're not really justified. Gregor Raziak's hygiene. I don't know why. <laughs> wow. I just think he's a dirty git. I had David Bentley's as well. I had Bentley's, but I had David Bentley's aftershave. Oh yeah, I bet. I, no, I'm with you on that. I've got. I, I feel like his aftershave was yeah. like appalling. Yeah, yeah. Where was I? And then, uh, gone? I put Jason Dizel's arrogance. Do you remember him comparing himself to Glenn Hoddle when he signed? Well, you won't ask. You're far too young. Did he really? Yeah, 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 yeah. When he signed, he said, I'm, I'm the next Glenn Hoddle or something along those lines. Wow. He wasn't, spoiler alert. <laughs> My second question was, which I which I wasn't going to talk about, was um, if you had to name a kid after a restaurant, what would it be, your next kid? And it's because uh, on the Peter Crouch podcast, people were, there were odds on him being named, his next kid um, being named after the curry house they keep on talking about in Ealing. But it's actually really hard because most restaurants aren't just like names. But I did think of one. When I used to go up Tottenham High Road, there was a Greek chip shop about 75% of the way up called Pavros. I think it might still be there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I would take Pavros. Or um, when I was first moved to London many many years ago I used to there's a China it's still there but it's not as raw as it used to be just on the edge of Chinatown there's a north Chinese place where they're incredibly rude to you like incredibly rude I only speak Chinese to you like slam your food down called Baozoi Inn they used to have um a bao bao bun is like the the big buns like the size of your fist um but Baozoi sounds pretty good we were because you know we were moving to China and we were going to have some sort of Chinese name if we had a kid out there um so Baozoi would have been one as well nice yeah well the best I can come up with because uh, I haven't thought about this is of course at Bruce Grove is the uh infamous San Marco restaurant and so calling your kid Marco about after a restaurant in Bruce Grove that's been there since the 80s or 90s is like pretty safe bet that is good yeah it's good uh we have next frankfurt we talked about everton big game against everton i think are they still drawing one one yeah odd team but they seem to be getting a bit better best Um, defense in the league and lampard's amateur manager but doing what he's starting to get a bit better now um any anything interesting going to come out that? I mean, they're ninth, zero goal difference. They've got eleven points from nine games. They're ahead of Liverpool, which is quite funny. But Liverpool are game behind. Should be beating them though, right? At our place. Yeah, I, I think we, we we have a good record against Everton for the main. My best mate's an Everton fan, so stuff like that sticks in my head. No, well, I think I think I think we'll. Yeah, sorry, my other best mate is. Uh, <laughs> and um, I think we'll be alright. I mean, they've they've conceded the fewest goals in the league, haven't they, this season? I don't know if that's still true, given they're one down now, but certainly there or thereabouts. Um, 
they're just not very good up top. So well, I think that you know, we'll probably only through. score one, so they'll only they'll only concede one more goal, but we'll beat them. Mm. Yeah, they have yeah, I, I think at few. home. We've yeah, got to be beating home, Everton at home. We've got oh, 100%. to. 100%. Yeah, if we can beat Brighton away, we should. Everton at home is a. Oh, relative... you're applying logic to football, Charles. No. <laughs> Come on no now. Logic. I'm really. The week is. after is Newcastle. I'm really worried about that. I know. Just, yeah, yeah, their energy levels are just off the Let's scale, see. aren't they? We They're don't do well against teams who just go in, go in our face. Like, and it's it's not. I, I'm just a bit worried about them. Is it at St James's Park? No, it's our place. No, it's ours. Oh, that's the only thing I'll say about that is that's our Rainbow Laces game. And we mm. usually do all right in the Rainbow Laces games. That's good. We scored five against Burnley. We won the lot. We we've won we've won them in the last few. So I know again, not very scientific, but you know. This I don't understand how these things work because they do work. Like I don't I still don't understand why we have bogey teams. When you get a completely different first eleven from both teams three yeah. years later. It still happens in the same Chelsea. I don't know how that happens. It's just a weird thing mm. that happens. Um, we got a really interesting run of thought. After that, we got Man United midweek, and then so we got Everton Saturday, Wednesday, Man United, Newcastle. Man United, no one knows what's going to happen. They were awful away against that Greek team. Is they were they Cypriot or Greek? Cypriot. Cypriot. Team. Sorry. Cypriot. I'd have to say there was there's a there's an Instagram called Cypriot Way and it's just like a bit of a jokey one. And honestly, they did like a highlight reel with like a fake uh, like a comment like a Cypriot commentary, but like a joke one. And on, it's in Greek, so I'm sorry you won't be able to understand it. But honestly, it it was amazing. Yeah. Like I couldn't I couldn't recommend it enough. And actually, even if you don't um understand it all. There are various things that you can um, that you will understand, which is hilarious. So I'd highly recommend it. It's called Cypriot Way. It's on Instagram and it's very funny. Cool. Takes a piss out of Ronaldo, which I always love. Um, <laughs> and look, it started. Um, it was it, it started like that's a really bad result. Like Cyprus, the Cypriot national team lost 5-0 at home to Kosovo in the last qualifying game. Mm. That's really yeah. bad. They're like really yeah. like they're not good. And so like it was 1-0 at half time. Yeah. Well, I just this United team, I just like even today they've got Casemiro and Eriksen as the deep two in a 4-2-3-1. And like this back four of Dalot, Lindelof, Martinez and Shaw, I just we can get at this team. Like we really, really can. They haven't really got a striker. Like Marshall's not a striker. I thought we should be beating them. We really should be beating them. Um, but like I said, like we go Man United, then Newcastle, then Lisbon, which I think will be a tough game at home. But then Bournemouth, Marseille, Liverpool, Nottingham Forest, Leeds, Brentford, Villa, Palace, and then back to Arsenal in January. Like it's not that difficult. In the domestic league, we should be getting a lot of points out of these. Because the the thing is, like, we've had our three hardest away games, arguably Arsenal, West Ham, and Chelsea, and we're still flying high in the league. It's it's a very positive time, I think. But who knows? I mean, we've we've had it both ways, haven't we? We've we've had it with where it's been like totally attacking, and who knows what's going to happen. Like, I remember the high. One of the the most joyous I ever heard White Hart Lane was that Newcastle game after Harry got found not guilty of whatever he was and like he was maybe being the England manager do you remember we just signed Saha Saha scored two I think Aswakoto yeah. scored it was just really 
happy emotion. But now we're in the complete opposite where it's total. I think now what they're trying to do with now is where what they thought they were getting with AVB, just a bit more defensive, but with a plan. But hey, we're third in the league. Can I just say on that defensive point, sorry, mate, I just cut you off. I didn't mean that. He, he, I know, you know, you were joking about whether you call it low block earlier or mm. whether it's pragmatic or whatever. I, I just think we're, I think many fans are pointing the fingers at the wrong thing and they're doing it unfairly because the way we set up and the way we're playing actually isn't any different to the way we played at the end of last season when we were banging them in for fun. I think we were the second highest goal scorers, weren't we, in the league since Conte came in. To me, the bigger difference is Sonny and Kane. They just haven't clicked yet. And it's a bit of it's a bit unfair to suggest that because Kane's got what eighteen eight, so I mean that's prolific. But he still doesn't look anywhere near his best self at the moment, and nor does Sonny. And actually, if they did, we'd have got two or three against uh, Frankfurt midweek, and we would we wouldn't even have a sniff of these you know the criticism that's coming Conte's way. And I just think it's a bit ludicrous to suggest he's to blame for you know a few players that are clearly off form. I think what you've hit the nail on the head, though, there, Giles, they haven't clicked. So even though Kane has scored eight goals, it's because, like, he can't not score because it's Harry Kane. But they, yeah. as a pair, you know, like, they've, bro- they've broken all the Premier League records already. And they yeah. haven't clicked yet. They will click at some point. Yeah, yeah, season. for sure. 100%. But I, but I do think, and I think you can always take something like the point I've just made and go, yeah, but the manager's ultimately responsible. And yes, that's true. But in the recent games... I don't think you could suggest anyone else is to blame but those two when there's been a clear pass through, which, you know, last season they'd have made at a breeze. They just haven't been able to put that final ball in for whatever reason. Um, anyway, that was just a point I wanted to and make. I also, United have just gone 2-1 up. Oh, of course they have. That's oh, annoying. dickhead. Ronaldo scored. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. Oh. Um, I, I also think you... I think it's really... What's going to be interesting is to see the response on the back of this loss. So I don't think you can underestimate what a loss like this for Conte is going to mean um, in terms of what it's going to drive him. You know, whether he's going to like go in on himself or whether it's going to drive him even further and how the players respond. Back to how Mm. we started, really. It's like you don't know how people are going to respond. Some will say, right, we have to like really go into this. Some might go into themselves. Some, you know. So I think that's going to be interesting because, you know, you can also sort of see, you know, a, a story that goes, you know, in the record, in this record breaking season for Tottenham, I almost don't want to say it, but in this record breaking season for Tottenham, the turning point was this. And yeah. actually what they really wanted was to like, you know, for his, in his name, in his legacy, all the rest of it. And that's what Conte wanted, given they've been working together for so, so long. That's also 100%. a, a you know, a potential, like a possibility. I think Manchester yeah, yeah, City yeah. will get in the way, by the way, but... Yeah. Yeah, nothing bring... Well, few things bring people together like a tragedy in, you know, I'm sure someone wise has said that I'm much better than I just gutted, but the point is valid and you're right. I think that I've seen some posts that Eric Dyer's made in the last few days and they're really, really mature, quite inspiring for a young man. I know Eric Dyer's a different breed, really, in many regards, but it's really inspiring and I can't help but think that I could see this really spurring a lot of the players on and that, you know Conte certainly yeah. not gonna give up is he yeah. uh CS have you seen that stuff tonight so it's oh, I, yeah. I spent all afternoon having to kind of 
talk to people about it. About Casillas. So Casillas, Casillas's account tweeted, I hope you respect me. I'm gay. Then he came out and said, I've been hacked. Obviously, sorry to all my followers and I support. But the bit that's got me, I'm not sure you've seen this, is, uh, have you seen it? He wasn't hacked. I don't know what you're talking about, but he definitely wasn't hacked. Because if you're hacked, it takes ages to get your account back, right? No, 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 no. Puyol has come out and said, I've made a mistake. Sorry for the clumsy joke with no intentions. Or yeah. I inst- but it just means Puyol had his phone and it was uh, open. So hacked means. Oh, no, don't, no, I don't, no, 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 no. Because Puyol responded and said, should we tell them our story? So he was having a laugh oh, with him. So he was having a laugh. So the, oh, the, the, the Spanish press bowl account. So the Spanish, because I'm in a WhatsApp group with a few other people, some of whom are like proper journalists who are irritated by the fact that so many news outlets reported on it without checking their facts, right? Yeah. And by all accounts, the Spanish press was say it's because I think he's recently divorced or separated from his wife. So there's been like loads of stuff about like him like having different like you know, yeah. going out with different women and all the rest of it. So he thought that was a bit of a joke, right? And so he joked about it and then Puyol said that, wow. which is why Puyol then says, I've made a mistake. Sorry for my clumsy joke. I'm, st-, you know, and actually yeah. that's probably better. It's better than apologising, um, better than Casilla saying, lying and saying he'd been hacked. Um, and, you know, I think the worst thing is, is like, The, the hate crime statistics um, from the Home Office were released last week and there's been a 41% increase in hate crime for sexual orientation and a 56% increase for hate crime against trans people, right? And the Home Office actually cited social media as a potential reason for some of that increase. So there you've got footballers thinking it's a joke. Yeah. And like it's bad enough that you've got an issue with LGBTQ plus, like for the LGBTQ plus community in football already. You've got the World Cup coming up in Qatar where we know where that problem is. And you decide that's the joke that you're going to make. Like, it's, not, yeah. it's just odd. It's not funny. It's just, no. I don't get it. No, so he can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. And <laughs> and not sorry, you know, sorry, excuse my language, beat me out, whatever. No, but, no. you know, like the thing I remember the most about him is that he missed the World Cup because he dropped some aftershave on his foot. <clears throat> so I hope tonight he drops like two bottles of aftershave, one on each foot, and is just like a bit like hobbling for the next few days because he like deserves to feel some pain. Yeah, and the trouble is the, the type of following and significance that they're, social media posts carry just makes it even more of a oh yeah some of the comments were like oh just it was horrible so yeah yeah. you know it's just and like and then why lie we know you haven't been hacked although i've just got to say it's just as a funny aside right we've got this hilarious cat sitter he's a really good guy but he's had like a million different careers and one of them was a private investigator and so he messaged me earlier and said in my pi days i put out loads of fires for closeted footballers so his view was that he was like drunk he was drunk admitted it and then backtracked which i think he's wrong um but i did think it was a funny uh um like a funny aside of him being, you have to know him to have, understand how funny it is of him being a PI as well. But there you go, that's another story. It's quite a career switch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Cat sitter. He doh well, he's amazing. Hand, he's he? um, oh, he's also it. he's an extra in. He's a film extra basically because he's got a really like interesting look. Um, 
And so he's always got loads of brilliant stories. So he was in, like, you know, they filmed Mission Impossible, whatever it was here. He was yeah. in that. So he, like, came around one day and, like, told us all sorts of stories about Tom Cruise and stuff. He's a brilliant character. I really <laughs> like him. Um, yeah. So I, I enjoyed him telling me his PI stories this afternoon. That is brilliant. I love weird footballer injuries. Like there's, and just weird footballer stories where you just see they're just totally out of touch. Wasn't there one who ironed a shirt while he was wearing it and gave yes. himself a massive burn? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Who was that? There was, you're right. There's John Smoltz. Uh, but some people saying that's not true. But then there was definitely, do you remember the Dave Besant one who tried to catch a two... I mean, he dr- tried to catch a jar of mayonnaise with his foot and severed the tendon. Do you remember that? Oh. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Hang on, I've just found something that says 19 of the strangest football injuries. Right, so oh, we yeah. have. I think we might be looking at the same website. Carlos Tevez returned to Argentina for a thinner, uh tear in his soleus muscle, getting involved in a kickabout when he went to see his brother in prison. That's not so I don't good. Know where the soleus is but I imagine immediately my mind was well it's definitely around the genitals there and I don't know why my head went there anyway oh yeah I remember this one Darius Vassell had a blood blister under his toenail and rather than go to the medical staff he he tried to drill through his nail with his black and decker (laughs) to drain the blister do you remember that who does that oh (laughs) wow Infected right. pimple after shaving his legs, Marco Sensio. Fair enough. Oh, Dave Besant, you're right. It was salad cream, not mayonnaise. ASD. Oh, Come sorry, on. sorry. Come on. There's a really famous rugby one, which where a guy got stamped on uh, during the match, and went in at half time, and he took his jockstrap off, and his testicle fell out because he's torn his throat. <clears> yeah, right. Oh, That's a bad one. Yeah. My favourite story, but I was this. I heard a um an interview with a footballer fix it man. Just it was, and it was a man. Um, it was just like someone who just helped footballers, like if they needed to buy a house, buy a car, just someone who helped the young men, um, so they didn't have to think about things. And there was a player who came from um a foreign hotland who kept on waking. He was like, half my face is wet, and I don't know why. And so the guy had to go and sleep in, like, be in the room while the guy went to sleep. And he found out the kid had been sleeping with his window open and it was just the rain coming through the window. (laughs) I have to say, I've just read an absolutely, like, an absolute cracker on here. So do you remember Shinji Kogawa at Man United? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... um, He was ruled out for a game against against Newcastle at the last minute because he'd had too much for dinner the night before. So (laughs) he was so sick that he had to get his stomach pumped. Because he ate so much dinner. (laughs) Oh wow. Oh no. Yeah, and then I didn't know this one. Brian Robson, so missed (laughs) Italian 90 with his Achilles injury, but a toe injury, he had got a toe injury as well. Because he tried to tip Paul Gascoigne out of bed and drop the steel frame on his big toe. <laughs> I love oh my god, that Kagawa one is brilliant. I know. Because he ate too much dinner. Oh, I like he, him even more. He was one of Fergie's favourite players, wasn't he? 
Yeah, who was it he did a job on? There was he did, there was Messi. a famous game, wasn't there? Was it Messi where he just wouldn't he just followed him whole, all game? Yeah. It was it, it was the final and he followed him all game apart from once and that was where Messi scored. Um mm. that sort of toe punt. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that at Wembley like, that game? But I thought Wembley didn't he score did he score two then? Because it was that and then the header. Was that that one? I don't know. Uh, I, I think don't think I can beat Kagawa to be fair. And there's some other ones here, but they're a bit more pedestrian. I want to know what he ate. I, yeah. that, that sort of thing would be curry for me. Like the thing that has the most impact on me the next day is definitely a massive curry. Yeah. I want to know what food he likes so much he just kept ploughing through. <laughs> I want to try it. That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> it That's would have been think. like a a meal like because they get together don't they before a game and like so there's no way they were giving them like a you know a madras ast he <laughs> just had loads of like plain chicken and pea soup <laughs> yeah oh. right that's it we'll uh we'll be back in a week uh i'm having a great week so ne- next sunday uh i've got ball game day all day i'm having loads of people over and we're gonna play ball games literally all day i'm just taking the kids out uh so I can't wait for that. So I'll be in a great mood next, unless I lose uh, next week. What are um, your board games of choice, ASD? You won't have heard of them. I could talk about this for hours. Oh, um, okay. So I'm not yeah, going to. I'm, okay. We're going to play Spirit Island Memoir 44. We're going to play um, maybe the Jaws game, maybe King of Tokyo. Um, I mean, I, I could talk about this for hours. This is okay, my... let's not. Let's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... This is where you just... Bring the faders down slowly. It's I'm going first, under a bridge. It's the first home game for the Spurs women finally on uh, on Sunday. Next Sunday. Yeah. Who's against? Nice. Liverpool. Newly promoted Liverpool, so it should be a goodie. First game at Brisbane Road. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm still disappointed about that move just because it makes it that it's quite difficult for me to get. Like it's a good hour and a half for me to get there now. Like it's it's a ball late. Um. Talking of women's football, the Jessica Fishlock goal, if you haven't seen it for Wales, oh, is yeah. a bit of a stunner. Like she was literally in my class in St. Tylos High School and it was a high school. I used to get I got told off when I moved to England for calling it high school, but it was St. Tylos. It doesn't exist anymore, that's how old I am. Um but it's St. Tylos. She was in my year, she was in my class for a couple of things. She's our most capped woman ever. Like she's an incredible role model. And her goal was unbelievable. Well, not um, only was it a good goal, though, it was it meant something. I was a, it was a really tight nil-nil game with Bosnia and it put us through to the playoffs for the Women's World Cup. And we've never made it to the World Cup. Exactly. Uh, and that in, in after extra time. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's a stunner as well. So check that out. Otherwise, um, Giles, we're doing that. We're recording early because you're going out with Mrs. E. What, what are you doing? Or are you just going to watch um, Stanley Tucci's? You just is that what it is? <laughs> Oh my no, god! How like, much do you love that? It's so good. It's it's the best travel advert ever. Before we went away, we watched about four episodes in one day, and then all we had to we had to eat pasta. Like you can't. Can't not eat pasta. What is it? What is it? I missed that. What is it? Have you not watched it? It's a it's middle class Top Gear. It's Stanley yeah. Tucci going around <laughs> Italy eating, and it's like going to these amazing places. Just, eat it, but also talk about the history of the places in. It it's like. I want that job for people who grew up with old Top Gear and we've grown oh, okay. out of um, Clarkson. It's, Sally it's... Tucci searching for Italy. And I think they're 
they're, I think they're they're looking at searching for Spain and searching <clears throat> for Greece as well. And oh Amazing. no, they're doing searching for Mexico. I think with Eva Longoria. Oh yeah. Oh, I and... love that one. <laughs> <laughs> is Kagawa for... going to do one where he eats his way through it <laughs> I text my dad saying I want to do one for Wales and he'd, he'd be like what are you going to talk about for like how are you going to make a series out of that and he, uh, no his first response was are you famous enough <laughs> like to me I, I know my uh, my cousin messaged me um and said you know I know he, he, I know these I know some people whatever why don't me and you do searching for Cyprus I was like I'm not sure we're like in the bracket of Eva Longoria, Stanley Tucci, you know, and, because, and I think they'll probably do ser- searching for Greece with the woman from my big fat Greek wedding because she's a writer as well. Yeah, so yeah, they'll, you yeah. know, the Cyprus is different. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really good. It is really good. It's on BBC. It's all on iPlayer. Yeah, yeah. The first series and they're just on, they're only doing four episodes of this series. Oh, no. Yeah, tonight, 20 past eight is episode two. Um, yeah, a bit disappointing, right? But um... I'll record that. Uh, talking of like middle middle class and being middle class and middle aged, I've never watched Antiques Roadshow, but I've got it on record because it is in my local park. Tonight's episode is in my local park. Yeah, I've I don't know. This is too much to confess, and if this is really a safe space, but it's my go-to guilty pleasure Antiques Roadshow. Oh, okay, have you oh, watched tonight? It's my happy place. Yeah. Have yeah. you watched tonight? No, no, I haven't, but it will be okay. recording. Uh, that, free to like, judge me. Let me know what you think. When I think of British values, uh, I don't think of, there's a lot of things I don't think of that a lot of people do think of, but I think of Antiques Roadshow, I think of Country File, I think of uh, the repair shop, you know, that is great stuff. And on that bombshell. (laughs) (laughs) What's this podcast again? Yeah, yeah, it's... uh, these are my favourite ones. It's always Jack. Jack just keeps us on the agenda. That's yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Number He's one, take goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's lovely to see you. Uh, I'll see you in a week. Hopefully, I'll be sitting next to you uh, for the Everton game, Chris. And um, don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. 
Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blanche Flower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.